Would you stay standing with me? Do you believe that your breakthrough is coming? Do you believe it? Amen. Well, welcome to the new year. Uh, you know, this is the time of year where we make lots of new resolutions. And maybe like me, you've made some resolutions about your finances, your fitness, you know, different relationship goals you've had. But I want to ask you, have you made some plans on how you're going to grow deeper with God today? Have you made a plan to grow in holiness this year? See, it's important to make relational goals, to make financial goals, but the most important thing is that we need to develop a plan for growing deeper with God this year. I know personally as a pastor, so many times I think it's just going to happen naturally, that I'm just going to naturally grow deeper with God. But it doesn't. Even as a pastor, even someone who's in ministry, I have to be intentional about pressing into God. And so this year, I want to ask you, do you have a plan for growing deeper with God? Do you have a plan to reach out for that breakthrough today? Turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready for your breakthrough? And introduce yourself, say hi, give him a high five, a hug, or a handshake, and then you can take a seat. Well, I am so excited. We are back. Uh, we've been off last week, and then the week before that, we just did a Sunday night service, not a Sunday morning service. It's actually been a couple weeks since we've had a Sunday morning service, so it's so good to see you all, all you good-looking people here on a Sunday morning. Uh, my name is Eric. I get to be the pastor here, and I'm just so excited about what God is going to be doing uh, in Mosaic through us this year. We are starting this new series called Dangerous Prayers. And uh, I'm just pumped for what God's going to do. And one of the things I'm excited about is that starting next week, we're going to be kicking off something we did last year as well, where we're starting our year with a plan to grow deeper, to grow in holiness, of asking God for a breakthrough by starting off our year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, out in our lobby on our resource table, you can grab one of these. It's just 21 dangerous prayers. It's a... Uh, a prayer devotional guide or a little devotional thought and some thoughts that you can journal in. And what I've found is, especially in the new year when you're trying to decide what am I going to do uh, for my Bible reading, for study, for prayer, having some kind of guide can really get us started on the right foot. So feel free to grab one of these. They're out in the lobby. We'll have them next week too. And then as Jeremy mentioned, next Sunday night we're going to come back here. We're going to kick things off our 21 days with, with, with some worship, some prayer. And then on Monday, um, the 14th, that, that's the official start of our 21 days. And one of the things I'm excited about is if you're on Facebook, make sure to like Mosaic Church. You can check in right now if you want. Uh, that helps us uh, get our, the word out about what God's doing here. But then during those 21 days, one of our staff members is going to be going live on Facebook at noon. So you can just log on. And they're going to be reading through the devotional, sharing some other thoughts, uh, praying, and so maybe even over your lunch hour at work, or you're at home with the kids at noon, you want to log on to Facebook, and we'll just be joining together over those 21 days as a time to just to pray, to, to grow spiritually. And during those 21 days, um, uh, we'll, I'll be talking more about this next week, but start thinking about what is it that God is asking you to let go of, to, to, to release, to cut something out of your life, 
for those 21 days because when we remove something, it releases God's presence into our life by allowing room for him to move. So when you go off social media for 21 days or you, you go off all TV for 21 days, uh, it allows more room for God to move. We're also encouraging people to do some kind of fast. Uh, maybe if you've been fasting a lot, you want to do a, a total fast, which is just liquids and juices for those 21 days. Maybe you want to do what's called the Daniel fast. And what that is, it's no, no sweets, no breads, no meats for 21 days. It's just vegetables, fruits, water, that kind of stuff for, for 21 days. Or uh, a partial fast, which is or what's commonly called now intermittent fasting, where you're going to choose to fast a meal or just that these 18 hours out of the 24, you're not going to eat anything. You're just going to drink water, and then you'll eat uh, two meals uh, in those other six hours. So be thinking through that. God, what do you want me to do? And I want to encourage you, if you've never fasted, to try it. See what God will do in you and through you as he stretches you, uh, as we start the year off saying, God, we want to be intentional about growing this year. And so that's why we're kicking off this series called Dangerous Prayers. And I'm so excited about the, these next four weeks. And I really believe that this month, maybe at our night of worship, maybe one of these messages are going to be one of those kind of marked moments in your spiritual journey. What I mean by one of those marked moments, when I look back at my almost 30 years of following Jesus, there are those different moments, whether it was a sermon I heard, maybe it was a missions trip I was on, or a camp I was at, where God just really spoke to me, that there's some kind of breakthrough that really happened. And, and I can look back, those are pivotal marking moments in my life. And I believe that perhaps this month, through the 21 days of prayer, through one of our nights of worship we're going to be having, through one of these messages, that God is going to do something that you're going to look back and say, man, that's one of those marked moments where God really spoke to me, that God really did something in me. And what we're doing is, is we're, we're going to be praying these dangerous prayers. And i got to warn you, these aren't going to be easy prayers. They're not safe prayers. We're calling them dangerous prayers, but they're dangerous in a good way. See, because I think most of our prayers are way too safe, like myself included. Like, just being honest, like some of my prayers are just honestly weak. I think so many times when I go to God in prayer, God's like, really, is that all you got, Eric? Like, come on, hit me with something harder. Like, that's an easy one. Like, give me something harder. I think God is waiting for us to pray dangerous prayers, to pray bold prayers. Amen? And what I want to do is I want to arm us over this next couple of weeks with some prayers that aren't safe. And you should just know that going into them, when you pray these prayers, you're asking God to take you out of your comfort zone into a place that's dangerous but can be way more exciting because you're, that's where you find growth. Today we're going to look at a prayer that David prayed in Psalm 139. And David prayed this uh, while his enemies and God's enemies were on the attack and they were accusing David of having wrong motives. Well, instead of David defending himself, David prayed this very dangerous prayer that we're going to be looking at today. Uh, Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. And uh, before we do that, would you just join me in a word of prayer? God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to gather together, to sing. God, I pray that our hearts would be encouraged. God, that 
we would leave comfort and safe behind. God, that we would pray these dangerous prayers so that we could grow deeper, we could go further. God, that you would lead us to places of growth and change. God, I thank you for what you want to do in this new year. Amen. This is what David prayed, Psalm 139. I'm going to read out of the NLT version today. David prayed, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Very dangerous prayer. Uh, as we just kind of get going this morning, as we point our hearts to God, would you mind just, just join with me? And let's say this prayer together out loud. Uh, let's try this together. Ready? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's our dangerous prayer for today. And we're going to break it up into three parts. If you're taking notes this morning, we encourage you to take notes. You don't have to. But we want to not just give you some information that, oh, that was a nice message, but hopefully help you have a life of transformation. We think if you can hear it, if you can write it down, read it, Maybe later on the week you want to discuss it with your spouse or a friend or something. It'll help get those truths down in your heart. So the first thing we're going to see is David prays, search me. You can write that down, search me. He says, search my heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Now some of you might look at that and be like, okay, God knows everything. Why does he need to search my heart? And besides, of course, I have a good heart. Like, we, you have a good heart. We all have a good heart, right? Like, we hear that a lot. Like, oh, oh they got a good heart. Actually, what we need to understand is that without Christ, we do not have a good heart. It's very common to say, oh, well, she's got a good heart. Actually, she's got a wicked heart. <laughs> if you want to be completely accurate, here's what Jeremiah 17, 9 says. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We need to realize that without Christ, our hearts are not good. We deceive ourselves and we deceive Others, we all are liars. How many of you are liars? Raise your hands up high. Raise them up. Keep them up. All right, keep them up. Look at the person around you who doesn't have their hand up and just point at them and say, liar, liar, pants on fire. Because <laughs> we all lie. We lie to ourselves. We deceive ourselves all the time. Like, we don't even know how bad we are. Like, we, we, we just lie. We say, oh, I'm not really full of pride. I'm not full of, I can't help it, Eric. I'm just better than everyone else, Right? Like, I don't lust. I just, I just appreciate a really fine physique. You know, I was just checking her out because I thought maybe my wife would look good in that outfit, right? I don't drink that much. It's not real. I just have one glass of wine while I'm fixing dinner and then another glass of wine after dinner and then another glass of wine while my kids are going to bed and then, of course, after the bedtime, one more glass of wine. It's not really a, a problem. I'm not materialistic. I just appreciate the finer things in life. You know, I, I, don't, I don't gossip. I just, I just you know, I, I have to tell my friends what's going on with Bob and Brenda so they can pray for them, you know, and all the horrible things they're doing, right? I'm not a gossip. We need to understand that our heart is deceitful. We lie to ourselves. And so we need to pray, God, search my heart. Show me what's in there. Show me how I've been deceiving myself. And when you pray, search my heart, it's a dangerous prayer. Because God is going to show you some things that are not pure. 
But God is not trying to be mean. He's not trying to hurt your feelings. He wants to bring you into deeper intimacy with him. And as the Holy Spirit transforms you to be conformed into the image of Christ. But that can't happen if we're deceiving ourselves. Oh, I'm okay. I'm all good. But when we pray, God, search my heart. It's a very dangerous prayer, but the Holy Spirit will use that to conform you into the image of Christ. Number two, David prays to reveal my fears. Reveal my fears. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. What is it that makes you anxious? What makes you afraid? It's a huge problem today for all of us, for myself included. I gotta be honest, like, there's at least one night a week, if I'm being honest and not deceiving myself, probably two or three nights a week, where I lay in bed, eyes wide open, my, my mind is just spinning over and over and over again about all the things that could go wrong, or, or what if this doesn't succeed, or, or what if I'm a failure, or, or what, if, what if I do succeed, but I did it for the wrong motives, or, or what if, what if, what if? And David prays, God, point out to me my fears. Show me my anxieties, my worries. What is it that you fear? What makes you anxious? Are you you worried that your beloved Seahawks are going to lose in the playoffs on Saturday night, and you're worried that people are going to point it out to you on Sunday morning? (laughs) Yes. Are you afraid of losing your job again? Are you afraid of being stuck in your marriage and that it's never going to get better? Are you afraid of the future, the unknown? Are you afraid of failing? Some people are afraid of succeeding. Are you afraid of loss? What if I lose someone I love? Why does this matter? Why do we pray, God, show me my anxious fears? Well, here's what Pastor Craig Groeschel, pastor of Life Church, he says this, and I think this is so brilliant. He said, what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. That what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. Think about that for a minute. If I'm scared to death that my marriage isn't going to get any better or if, it's, if my marriage is going to die, then I'm not trusting God with my marriage. If I'm worried about paying the bills, it means I'm not trusting God to be my provider. If I'm worried that something's going to happen to my kids, I'm not trusting my children to God. Where, what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. So we pray, God, reveal my fears, test me, show me, God, where my anxious thoughts fall. And as God reveals our worries and anxieties, what do we do with that? One thing I would recommend, especially at the start of a new year, is to commit to memorizing scripture. This is one of the best resolutions that you can make. To memorize scripture so that you can recall it, that when those anxious thoughts hit, you can renew your mind by Perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love of a sound mind. When those anxious thoughts and fears come in, when you can confront that with scripture, when you can confront that with truth, that no, I am a child of God. I have a plan. I have a purpose. I want to encourage you, this year, start by getting in God's word. 
I attended a conference uh, for our, our pastors in our denomination a couple months ago. And one of the guys there uh, works for Lifeway, uh, which is a Christian, they sell books and uh, studies and things like that. And they did a huge study on, you know, what helps people grow spiritually. They came up with like 16 markers and all this stuff. And, and all his pastors were like, oh my word, that, that's a huge list. I can't even memorize that. How am I going to teach that to our people that you have to do all these things to grow spiritually? And here's the best markers. And then he's like, well, if you really want to boil it down, there's one thing that was unanimous that helped people grow the most spiritually. So, okay, what's the one thing? I can't memorize 16. It's like the one thing you can do is to spend regular time in God's word. There's nothing else you can do. Spend regular time in God's word. And something this week I was reminded by uh, Beth Moore, a Christian author. She tweeted this out, and, and it's so true that it's not just about spending time in God's word. It's opening up your Bible and saying, okay, God, I'm here to meet with you. When we open our Bibles, in the morning, at lunchtime, at nighttime, whatever it is, we want to open expecting that God is going to meet with us. I want to encourage you this year, as you open up your Bible, as you open up your 21-day journal, sit down, maybe at a table or at your favorite chair or wherever it might be, and expect and think you're having like coffee with your best friend. You're sitting down with Jesus, and you say, okay, God, Here's your word. Okay, what is it that you want to reveal to me? It's not just reading words on a page. It's about meeting with God. And God speaks. He reveals to us through his scripture. You, you want to memorize the scripture so that you can recall it later when those fears, those anxieties hit. I want to encourage you to journal. Maybe this year is something you haven't done and you want to journal your thoughts your, your prayers, then you can look back and see how God has changed you, how God has answered your prayers. It helps focus you. But this year, I want to encourage all of us not to just open our Bibles and just something that we want to get through, but to say, no, I'm going to meet with God. And then as God's truth gets in our hearts, as we memorize it, as we read it, as we journal it, when we wake up in the morning or we lay in bed at night filled with anxieties and worries and fears, we can confront that and say, no, I am a child of God. God has a plan for me. And, and when we, we, I encourage you, maybe you want to start your day with some morning declarations. You roll out of bed and say, I am a child of God and devil, watch out. I have a plan and a purpose. And that will help you to overcome those anxieties, those worries. It won't make them go away completely but you can defeat them through Jesus. Amen? The third thing, this is the hardest one that David prays. He says, show me my sins. Show me my sins. David prays, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. David prays, God, show me anything in my life that is inconsistent with your truth. Show me what I am doing, what I am thinking, what I'm believing that offends you. See if there is any offensive way in me, another translation says. Have you noticed, though, it's really hard to see our own sins in a mirror. Like, I'm an expert on pointing out Kristen's sins, right? Any married people in the house? Like, it's real easy to see your spouse's sin. It's a lot harder to see our own sins, right? Like, have you ever noticed 
that we tend to accuse others and excuse ourselves. Like we say, oh, can you believe that she would wear that? Can you believe how she's walking? Does she think she's all that? Or, you know, whatever it might be. We're like, well, but no, I just look good in this, right? Or, you know, I can't believe they spent money on that vacation. They, they must be so bad at their money. But, you know, but when I spent money on this, oh, no, I'm just being, I got a good deal. I'm a wise steward. You know, it's, it's like, well, that's just the way I was made. You know, it's none of your business. Like, come on, judge not lest you be judged, right? Like, it's so hard for us to acknowledge our own sins. We can easily see in others, but it's a lot harder in our own lives. For years, I was working in churches, and, and again and again, people would accuse me of being someone who was harsh, who would roll over people to take that next hill. And I thought, hey, you should just suck it up and get tougher. You know, that was just my response. Like, come on, crybabies. Come on, let's go do this. Let's take that next hill for God. And over time, as I've prayed this prayer, as I've listened to people in my life, it's revealed, no, that is not a Christ-like attitude. God, that's something that I need you to change in me. And God will change you. And he'll teach you to walk with a limp. He'll teach you to be more like Jesus. See, we all have blind spots. We all have these things in our life that we don't easily see. But when we pray, God, show me, point out the things in my life that offend you, God will do it. He will point out the things in your life that need to be changed. As I wrap up today, I want to give you a couple questions that will help you as you pray this prayer. Number one, ask yourself today, right now, and then maybe throughout this week too, what is God telling me? Maybe as I've been preaching, maybe this morning in the worship or some other time, God was speaking some, something in the back of your mind or your heart, and you're wanting to brush it off, that's the Holy Spirit. So ask yourself, what is God telling me? And, and this week, I want to encourage you to wake up every morning and pray this prayer. God, search my heart. Reveal my fears. Show me my sins. And as you listen, God will speak to you. Maybe the thought of hearing from God is just a foreign concept to you. Well, you know, God does speak today. He'll speak through his word. He'll speak through others. But he'll also speak in your heart, in your mind. You may not hear an audible voice, but you'll hear that thing. And whatever that is that God is pulling on your, on your head, your heart, that's him. So ask God, what, what are you speaking? What are you telling me? Number two, ask yourself, what are others trying to tell me? What are other people trying to tell you? In, in other words... If you've had three or four people in love walk up and say, hey, here's something I see in you, and you've just been defensive about it. No, 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 that's who I am. Well, a common denominator is you. Be open to the idea that when other people are bringing something, that maybe they're right. And that was like in my life. I'm just like, oh, toughen up, you know. It's like, no, no, you know, this is wise. Counsel. I need to listen because oftentimes God will use other people to reveal things that we can't see. 
from the mirror. Now you have to weigh who it is that's speaking to you, but again, if multiple people are bringing up something in your life, hey, here's something I'm concerned about. Hey, I, I think you're drinking too much. Hey, that sharp tone, I'm concerned about that, how you're addressing the kids. Hey, I see you. I'm concerned you're having a little bit of materialism in your heart. You're always chasing that just to make bigger or better. Which leads to the third one. Ask, where am I most defensive? That's a tough one. Where am I most defensive? Where is that when someone brings something up and you say, no, 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 hey, we're not going there. We're not talking about that. Don't judge me. I don't have a problem with that. Back off. Where is it you're most defensive? Another way to ask that is, what have I rationalized? In other words, okay, yeah, this may not be right, but it's not a big deal. You know, it's just how I deal with things. It's how I cope. And it's no one's business anyway. It's not hurting anyone. Hey, my job is really stressful. But if I want to pull up just a little, something on my phone that says, maybe I should be looking at it, but you know, hey, it's not hurting anyone. You know, this is just my thing. I, I can quit whenever I want. It's not a big deal. What are you defensive about? What have you been rationalizing? I encourage us all to have the courage to pray. Point out anything in me that offends you. And I'll make a promise. God will point some things out. Man, it's painful. I've been there so many times, again and again. It's like, oh, I've been pretty good now, God, right? <laughs> like, hey, is there anything that offends you? And God's like, well, yeah. It's like, oh, man. You know? We all these things. We just try to rationalize. We try to explain them away. God will point out things that you've been trying to deny but submit yourself to what God is trying to show you. And then, when God does, bring it to light. Well, what does that mean? When we bring it to light through confession. And there's two pieces of confession. Number one, we confess to God for forgiveness. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But then James tells us to confess our sins one to another. And when you confess your sins one to another, that brings healing. We confess to God for forgiveness, and we confess to others for healing. That's why we're such big fans of small groups and getting in community around here. God designed us to be in community. And see, when you're in a small group or in some kind of community, when you're sitting around and you're sharing, hey, gang, here's where I'm struggling. Here's where I fail in my marriage, in my parenting, in my finances, in my job. And what happens is someone's sitting there and they're like, oh, wow, I thought Casey was perfect. I didn't think he struggled at all. But I realize he's just like me and he struggles with that just like I do. And then we help each other. We confess our sins to God. He gives us forgiveness to we confess to each other for healing. We say, hey, here's something I'm working on. Can you hold me accountable? Can you help me in this? The thing is that we're, none of us are perfect. If you are perfect here today, then this is not the church for you, okay? Go find another church, polish your hand, all that's okay. Because we believe none of us are perfect. We believe this is an imperfect place where people are being transformed by a perfect God, Amen. 
We are all in need of God's love and grace. And so we pray, God, search my heart, reveal my fears, show me my sins. Because we all have things that God can reveal to change us to be more like Jesus. And by praying that prayer, that points us to our need for Jesus, to our need for a Savior. We're going to move into a time of communion. Community reminds us that our identity is not in what other people think. Our identity is not found in what I think about myself. But our identity is through what Jesus did on the cross. And by being crucified on the cross for us, we find our identity, our citizenship in God's family. And so we can go to Christ and say, God, the truth is, I'm addicted to this. And he'll help you overcome those addictions. You can say, God, I'm full of pride. And he'll help you by his power to be humbled and to depend on him. To pray, God, I have a lust issue that's just out of control. And he'll use his truth to renew your heart and your mind and transform your you. To pray, God, you know what? I've become materialistic, God. I'm loving the things of the world. God will help you to fall in love so much with him that the things of the world will just fall away. And you'll realize that your hope and your treasure is in heaven. Whatever he shows you, he'll point you to your need for Christ. He'll always point you to Jesus. This is a dangerous prayer. But I don't encourage you to have courage. It's whole week. Let's pray this. Let's wake up. God, search my heart. Reveal my fears. Show me my sins. Which leads us to grace. There's always grace. The beautiful thing about the cross is that we're all broken, all imperfect, all in need of Jesus. When Jesus came, he died on the cross. And all are welcome. We're going to remember now that amazing gift that God has given us by receiving communion. Man, you guys can start playing. And we have a couple ushers around the room. We'll have a gluten-free communion in the middle here, and then two other ushers on the sides. And you can just take that bread, dip it in the cup, and then receive communion whenever you're ready. And I want to encourage you, as you get ready to take communion, as you receive, to pray that prayer, God, what's, what's in my heart? Is there something I need to let go of? Is there some sin I need to confess? Is, show me my anxieties, my worries. And as you receive communion, then reach out to God. Reach out for your breakthrough. Reach out His transforming power. I believe that God will speak to you, that He will reveal. God will heal. Would you stand up for me? As we pray, as we prepare our hearts for communion, uh, if you feel comfortable, just put your hands out like this. Just pray that, that God would take from you the sins, the worries, the fears, the anxieties that, that you want to give. Just open hands to Him. And then to receive from Him what He wants to give you today, whether it's a, a fresh word, hope, peace, joy, forgiveness, whatever that might be. Let's pray. 
God, I thank you. Thank you for King David. How he was a man after your heart and he prayed this prayer. God, search our hearts. God, I pray that you would reveal our fears, our anxieties, our worries. Reveal to us those places that we trust you the least. To know how to let go of those things and to trust that you will carry those things. God, that you are strong enough. You are big enough. God, I pray that you would point out anything offensive in us. Show us our sins so that we can confess, so we can move beyond that to become more like your son, Jesus. God, I pray right now this would be a holy moment. God, that you would transform us. God, that the powers of darkness would be pushed back. God, that the chains of addiction and shame would fall away. God, that healing would flow. God, I pray right now that we would know that our identity is not in what we've done, not in what's been done to us, but our identity is found in the cross through forgiveness, through the blood of Jesus. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us, renew us, strengthen us right now. As we start this new year, focused on you, intentional about growing in you, praying in these dangerous prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The band's going to lead us in this last song. Anytime you're in a song, you can just go receive communion. Uh, take it on your own time. You can grab your spouse if you want. Um, we'll sing the song. And-